We welcome you to Eagles 360 on this Wednesday at the Novacare Complex in our Xfinity studio. I'm Eagles insider Dave Spadaro, along with Joe DeCamera. The Eagles getting ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. Lots of questions about this football team, Joe, particularly at the quarterback position. We don't know who's going to be the quarterback on Sunday. We know that Mark Sanchez is taking reps. Thaddeus Lewis gets a rep or two here. What is the best case in your mind, the best case scenario for the Eagles against Tampa Bay? Well, you want whoever's going to play to play well. I mean, that's ultimately what it's all about. Uh, I think if you're the Eagles and you want Sam Bradford to be the starting quarterback, then you want him to be healthy and ready to go this week, whether he can be or not. You know, obviously time remains to, to be seen on that. But, uh, look, I think Mark Sanchez can get in there and operate this offense, you know, fairly well. He did it last year, obviously started off stronger, you know, went, went more downhill as the season went on. I don't think there's really a huge discernible difference, Dave, at this point between the two quarterbacks. That would just be, you know, my personal opinion. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that. Uh, I think Bradford has really come on in the last few weeks. His mobility is greater. His command of the offense is better. He seems to be throwing with more confidence. The offense has moved the football. The problem with the Eagles offense, as I see it, no matter who the quarterback has been here, not just this year, but in the two previous seasons, and I keep saying it, the red zone offense has been ineffective against Miami, two of five in the red zone, including the Mark Sanchez interception in the end zone, of course, and that's the one that gets the most attention. But the Eagles had two other opportunities to score. I just think Sanchez uh, is a very good backup player, uh, and a good quarterback. But Bradford, to me, after shaking off the rust for most of the first half, I just think the last couple of weeks he's really come on. Well, I, he certainly had. But here's the thing. I'll say this about the Dolphins game. I don't feel like, Dave, he was as strong in that game as the perception was, as the statistics indicate. Having seen the film yesterday with Jaws down at NFL Films, for instance, first play of the game, Brent Selleck completely uncovered by the Miami defense, 100% uncovered. So when Bradford hits him, Selleck makes a nice little move, gets down the field, down the right sideline, and ultimately Dave goes for, I think it was about 60 yards. Right. That's not a huge credit for Sam Bradford. That doesn't mean Sam Bradford did something. It's a huge credit for the offense. It's a huge credit for the offense, but the guy's uncovered. So? Well, I mean. It's, the, a, good, it's a good design. Sure. I mean, we're not, I'm not like going play by play with Sam Bradford, but 19 of 25 is impressive. Yeah. And I just think he's playing a lot better now than he was back in weeks one, two, three, four, five. Uh, I totally agree with that. I, I think the upside with Sam Bradford, to me, to answer the original mm -hmm. question, to me, the best case scenario is that Sam Bradford gets healthy and is the quarterback on Sunday. No, I think no, I think that's fair. I, I would I would agree with that. Maybe I didn't state that well enough initially. Okay, fair point. Dave yeah. wins. But no, I do agree with that because I think Mark Sanchez is what he is. I think we have a good feel for what he is. He's a very quality backup quarterback. He can be a bottom-end starting quarterback in this league, as he's been before. But I agree with the basic premise that Sam Bradford has a greater ceiling, and therefore, ultimately, yes, you want to see him in there and see what that what that ceiling becomes. Yeah, and and Mark Sanchez was productive, and until the inter end zone interception, really had the tempo going, had the offense going, and look. But anyway, that's that's the big topic, the quarterback <laughs> situation. We'll get to more of that a little bit later on. We'll talk. A lot more about this football team heading into another huge game. But first, let's get you caught up in everything happening. It's not just Sam Bradford and the injury questions. There are plenty of other players who we don't know if they're going to go on Sunday. Here's your update. Hi, everyone. I'm Alex Smith, and this is your 360 update. The Eagles were back at work here at the NovaCare Complex as they get set for Sunday afternoon's matchup with the Tampa Bay Bucks. The big news today came from head coach Chip Kelly, who said that quarterback Sam Bradford still has not passed the NFL's concussion protocol, so they're still waiting for him to clear that before he can get back out on the practice field. 
Meanwhile, we heard from quarterback Mark Sanchez, who said it's still up in the air as to who gets to start at quarterback on Sunday. I don't know. I'm waiting for the, the call from coach. So uh, Sam and I are both studying hard. Thad's in there and uh, Steven the same way. So we're all working hard and we'll all be ready to play. We also heard from Sanchez and head coach Chip Kelly on Gerald McCoy and this talented Tampa Bay defense and the challenges that they present. And I think a lot of in that defense when you have that type of guy and you know when the the Bucks were in their heyday and they had Warren Sapp you know you really need that three technique type of player to be a disruptive force for you and that's what he is you know we faced him two years ago and, and have seen him firsthand when we played them down there um, and he was as advertised he's a very disruptive force in there and certainly someone that um, we're going to make sure we're aware of where he is. Uh, I think they're one of the best we've seen those uh, two linebackers inside are tough man and uh, McCoy's no slouch. That guy's a, a heck of a player. I think uh, their secondary, I think Sterling Moore's playing really well for him. And we faced him in Dallas, you know, so he's uh, uh, got a good comfort level with us, you know, so that's uh, another guy to look out for. Last but certainly not least, we caught up with a number of the Eagles defenders who spoke about where this defense is right now and where they need to improve moving forward. If we clean that up and if we want to be a dominant defense, we have to eliminate those little mistakes that we can control and once we do that then we'll be a dominant defense and you know again we have to keep up in the turnover battle we didn't get the turnovers that we wanted last week we have to continue to do that but we definitely have to just snuff teams oh uh, we gotta get turnovers we gotta get turnovers and i think uh i mean i don't i don't know the stats for as um red zone efficiencies but uh we, we can't allow touchdowns it's crunch time every week man you know, uh, NFC East, well, I told you I'd have been a part of some crazy endings, and uh, you just never know. We just got to make sure we went out. We got seven games, and we just need to win this one. With all of the questions surrounding the quarterback situation, there's sure to be a lot of news coming out of the Novacare Complex before Sunday's game, so be sure to stay tuned to PhiladelphiaEagles.com throughout the week for all of the latest Eagles news. Thanks so much, Alex. We've got a lot to get to today. Chip Kelly comes into studio. We'll talk about the NFC East. There's still a chance for the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, a very good chance for the Eagles. When we return, however, to Eagles 360, we're going to talk a little bit with some cover two segments here. Chris McPherson with a couple of Philadelphia reporters, Josh Purnell, Brendan Lee Gowton, their perspective on this four and five Eagles team. Tickets, metro tickets. You need a metro ticket. Talk to me, please. How do I even know these are real tickets? Yeah, you know, you just touch it. How do I know they're legit? Is the, this leather legit? I mean, how do we really know? It looks good, right? Is the metro paying you to do this? No, I'm paying myself. I gotta oh, make that profit. Makes more sense. Does the baby need a metro ticket? I'll give her one on me. These tickets, they're not stealing your soul. You can look at them. Man, nobody wants to buy tickets from a guy on the street. I don't understand. Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apple, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it.
We are back. It's Eagles 360. Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera. Time now for Chris McPherson to take over the show. He's got cover two. Hello, everyone. I'm Chris McPherson, and welcome to this week's edition of Cover 2 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You figured that we would be talking about a big win over the Miami Dolphins before looking ahead to Tampa Bay, but alas, that is not the case. To break down the 20-19 loss, I brought in Josh Pawnell from Bird 24-7 and the notorious BLG, Brantley Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. Josh, I'll let you uh, start things off here. What is the biggest reason for the Eagles' loss? Well, I mean, offensive line play, they averaged just 2.3 yards per carry. And Dominican Sue just really disrupted the run game. Um, pretty much after the first few drives, the whole game. Three tackles for losses, uh, three quarterback hits. He just was able to do whatever he wanted to against Kelsey, against uh, Kelly, Tobin. So that was the big reason was his penetration, really not giving Murray or Matthews a chance to even get to the line of scrimmage on some plays. Brandon, other, anything other than the offensive line? Special teams, obviously, huge concern. I mean, that was such a strength of the team last year, and for them to, to have a punt blocked second of the season, they had one earlier this year, and, and to miss that chip shot of a field goal that would have put them up 19-3 to at the time. I mean, special teams has just been a real big disappointment for this team. Brandon, as we look ahead to Sunday's game, there's a chance that Mark Sanchez, depending on Sam Bradford's stats, will have to start in his absence. So does the offense change if Sanchez has to play? I don't think it changes in a, in a way that, you know, you're not seeing a huge drop-off from, from Bradford to, to Sanchez at this point. I think, you know, Sanchez is what he is. Uh, he went pretty much 5-4 and four as a, a starter, kind of 4-4, four and four, but he kind of helped win that Texans game last year. So... Uh, he's going to go in there. I think he gives the team a chance to win, and I think that's what you really want out of a backup quarterback. Josh, what does Sanchez bring to the table if he has to start? I mean, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league, and what he brings is just the experience of last year. I think you really saw that in the Dolphins game because once he came in, Chip didn't really change the play calls or attacking downfield. They were able to do the same things. They were able to take shots. They weren't always completed, whether it was a drop or or it was just an overthrow, but they were able to do the same things. And he doesn't have to be great to win this game against the Buccaneers. He just has to be solid, and he's more than capable of doing that. All right, gentlemen, the Eagles sit at 4-5. and five. They've not been able to get over that 500 hump the entire season. Josh, what is the biggest reason for that? Or what would you say has been the biggest disappointment to this point in the season, looking at this team overall? Well, I think consistency, not necessarily just the offensive line, but... Uh, the, you know, Caleb Sturgis in the kicking game in key moments. And it's just whenever the Eagles need not necessarily a big play, but just kind of a solid play, they'll turn the ball over. They'll make a crucial mistake that will either give up the lead or, or take away the chance to take the lead. I mean, the Sanchez interception, the Sturgis missed field goal, the blocked punt. They just do a lot of things. And, you know, these are units that normally are pretty good, but in some key moments, they're just not consistent and they make crucial mistakes. BLG, most disappointing aspect in your estimation? One of the most disappointing things I think this season has been the, the decline or the unexpected just disappointing performances from players you think you would usually be able to count on. I mean, you look at Jason Kelsey, a guy who's only 27, had a pro bowler last year, and all of a sudden, you know, he's struggling this year. And, and that's something you really couldn't really address going into the season. You weren't finishing last year and saying, hey, we need to fix the center spot. So when you have areas like that where you're supposed to have players you can count on. They're not living up to that. It's really hard. Even you look at John Dornbos, who has been struggling with some of his long snaps. I mean, guys like that, who you usually rely on to be good players, and that the fact that they can't, you can't rely on them like that. I think that's been a big disappointment. 
He's Brantley Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. He's Josh Pannell from Birds 24-7, and I'm Chris McPherson. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's edition of Cover 2 here on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. Thanks so much, guys. We'll have Chip Kelly in studio in just a bit talking about Tampa Bay. Jameis Winston, a huge challenge along with some of the other weapons. But when we return to Eagles 360, Joe DeCamera and I are going to break down the NFC East again. And yes, the Eagles are just this far, whether you like it or not, from the top of the division. Pair small fries with your favorite for $2.50 on the break menu at McDonald's. Carbs to compete. Electrolytes to replenish. Everything you need to keep sweating. What makes a temple owl? Meet Stella. She's wise, fierce, and she's not alone. Temple University, where owls call home. We are the cherry and white. The city is our classroom, and we lead the rush hour, making our mark on every field around the world. A world without temple, well, that's like the sky without the North Star. Temple, never stopping. I've always kept very close tabs on every NFL team. What are you doing in there? That's why I got NFL Red Zone on Xfinity. Now I can see every touchdown from every game Sunday afternoons. We can still see you. Get NFL Red Zone from NFL Network. Click to learn more. Visit www.philadelphiaeagles.com backslash Rico Office Party to win a VIP office party brought to you by Rico. Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera, it's Eagles 360. We're going to talk about the NFC East presented by Bob's Discount Furniture. But first, let's take a look at the Eagles' upcoming schedule presented by NFL Ticket Exchange, powered by Ticketmaster for the only 100% verified way to buy or sell NFL tickets Visit NFLTicketExchange.com. All right, Joe, a couple of games here in quick order. Give me some wins and losses. Eagles, Tampa Bay. Oh, man. Well, we predict these things in April when the schedule comes out wrong or probably wrong if we do it right now. But here's the deal. Winnable games, home versus Tampa at Detroit. Losable game at New England. Chalk it up. L. Beyond that, they're all winnable. They're all losable. The key is the Eagles got to get to eight, and they got to beat the New York Giants the final week of the season. Yeah. That's really what I – I mean, I'm telling you, Dave, we can you talk about – eight and eight. I think nine and seven gets uh, to Here's eight. what I'm going to say. Unless the Redskins go eight and eight, which they may, I'm, I'm going to give you two categories. Category one, Washington does not get to eight and eight. If the Washington Redskins don't get to eight and eight, the Philadelphia Eagles need to do two things to win the division. They need to get to eight and eight, and they need to beat the Giants week 17. That will win the Eagles the division under that umbrella, that formula. I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to have the green, the green view here. I believe the Eagles will steal one of these games, okay? Now, New England will be a very crazy tough game to win. We all know that. Um, I think Buffalo, winnable here. Arizona, that's the game that I'm sorry. Now, I'm going on with the premise here, of course, that the Eagles beat Tampa Bay. Eagles take care of business in Detroit, have a nice little 10-day rest go out to New England, a little beat up after their game. They don't have uh, Jordan Edelman 
um, give New England a good game. Uh, hey, is it crazy for me to think that the Eagles can beat the Patriots? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's where we end our conversation. Let's take a look at the NFC East. Giants leading the division at 5-5. Five and five. They have a bye week on Sunday this weekend. They are playing good football, tough loss to the Patriots uh, last week. And uh, I think that that offense, the way that Eli is running that offense, probably gives the Giants maybe the edge over the rest of the division. Well, right I now. think that and the fact that they have that Week 17 game at home is the big thing. I mean, they have, you know, that's ultimately huge. Eagles went into Dallas two years ago and won that game, but let's remember Tony Romo was out Week 17. Typically, that Week 17 matchup, you have it at home, that's big. Now, the Giants have played better football than the Eagles this season, but not by much. Giants have had some very tough losses. Eagles have had some very bad losses, if you understand you know, sort of the distinction. I mean, obviously what the Giants did versus New England the other day was impressive. End of the day, they lost. They're 5-5. Five and five. Eagles win their game. It's a tie. Now, as you know, uh, the Giants uh, have lost Victor Cruz for the season. They bring Hakeem next back. I think Eli Manning, Dave, is the quarterback. If you had to choose one from the division, you'd want for the rest of the season. I think Eli's that guy. But they do still lack a pass rush and a good defensive backfield, and so there are issues there. They come back from the bye at Washington. Then they play the Jets and then at Miami. So it's not an easy road yeah. for any of these teams, certainly not for the New York Giants. Washington, uh, a big win over New Orleans over the weekend. Uh, they, this weekend, go down to Carolina. That is a very tough game for Washington. And then they've got the Giants at Chicago, home with Buffalo. Again, a tough road for them. It is. The thing that scares me is I just think at some point Carolina loses. I mean, I just think they have to. At some point, Carolina Panthers are going to lose a football game. I don't think Washington's a very good team. I say that every week. They're still in the mix. I think it defines in many ways why, you know, there's mediocrity in this division and, and how just with this NFL format. Remember, you used to have six divisions. Now you have eight divisions. That means you have four teams in a division instead of five. It means you have a chance for eight and eight and seven and nine teams to make the playoffs. We've seen that over the last couple of years in a couple of different instances. We're seeing that again this year, Dave. We're seeing that with the NFC East. We're seeing that with the AFC South. I don't think the Washington Redskins are any great team by any stretch, but they're in the mix in a mediocre division. By the way, they ran the ball a lot better the other day. Their offensive line played a really good game. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins has played some better football yeah. of late. So, you know. Great football. NFC yeah. Offensive Player of the Week yeah. for his performance against the Saints. Can't discount them. I have discounted them many times over. Yeah. And I guess I got to stop saying I mean, that. Yeah, I think they're better than, than we give them credit yeah. for. They've, they've played hard football all season long. How about the Dallas Cowboys getting Tony Romo back, a 2-7 and seven football team? Uh, this is a moment where the Cowboys think that they can run the table starting this weekend in Miami. It will be difficult to do. Uh, Tony Romo still has got some rust to shake off. The defense has been pretty good, not great. The question is, how many games can the Cowboys make up with Romo back in the lineup? Look, they're not done yet, but they're darn well close to it. Mm -hmm. they, they really are, Dave. I mean, first off, they're a mess, all the Greg Hardy stuff. You know, with the practice, uh, the, 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 uh, the meetings and showing up late and everything to do with that. It's just a bad situation in Dallas. And from a probability standpoint, from 2-7 and seven coming back, you know, as Romo reemerges here, I just don't see it, Dave. I mean, I just I think the, I think the percentage chances are so enormous. You go 6-1. Oh. At Green Bay, Look, Carolina. Here's what they would need, in, in all seriousness. They would need the teams in the NFC East to lose these, like the Eagles games. They would need the Eagles to lose to Buffalo. They need the Eagles to lose to Arizona. They need the Eagles and the Giants and the Redskins to lose the games out of the division so that that division comes all the way down to 7-9 and nine at the end, which, by the way, is possible. 
If it comes down to seven and nine, do the math. What does that mean? They got to go. Hey, let me tell you something. Eagles are going to go on a run here. Eagles are going to go on a run here. And by at this time uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about a six and five football team above 500 and surging into New England. So that's our look at the NFC East. When we return, we'll get back to reality. Chip Kelly in studio talking about Tampa Bay. Another huge game for the Eagles at Lincoln Financial Field. Catch holiday cookie cheer on the tip of your tongue with Dunkin' Donuts holiday cookie-flavored coffees, lattes, and macchiatos. Enjoy every sip of the new Snickerdoodle Macchiato. America runs on Dunkin'. Even ordinary moments become milestones when you overcome cancer. At Jefferson Sydney Kimmel Cancer Center, if we had a marker for every patient we treated who is now cancer-free, markers would be everywhere. Evidence that our personalized approach to cancer treatment is producing some of the highest survival rates in the nation. And that's a milestone for everyone. Jefferson, until every cancer is cured. The tournament is there. You're here. And before you take the team's star midfielder from here to there, along with his entourage, you have some things to do, like finding a place to stay, getting an oil change, mapping out the best route. Yes. Are we there yet? No. Roadside assistance? Not today, but always on call. So wherever your journey takes you, AAA helps you get there. So everyone's a winner. Start your journey at AAA.com. Dunkin's new sweet black pepper bacon sandwich with double the slices of caramelized crispy peppered bacon. It's the bacon experience you've been waiting for. Bacon up. America runs on Dunkin'. Welcome to our exclusive one-on-one -on -one with head coach Chip Kelly, presented by Wawa. Tampa Bay comes to town on Sunday, coach, led by the quarterback, Jameis Winston. What have you seen from him this year? He's seen a lot of improvement since the season started. I think he's been uh, – the development, you can see it game by game. He continues to see new coverages, new fronts. And once he sees them, he gets acclimated to them and continues to play better. But I, I think from game one to now, I think you've seen a great improvement from him. He's a talented player in, in – you got to be aware of him because not only can he throw the ball, uh, he can also beat you um, running the ball. I think there's some toughness to him. He's been hit around and banged up a little bit. Threw a key block in overtime uh, against uh, the Falcons. You know, he's a, he's, a, he's a really, really good football player. And the team seems like it's responded to a young leader down there. They play hard. They had a big win on Sunday against Dallas. They do. I think Lovey's doing a really good job with that team. He's a heck of a football coach. Um, they're, they're really, they've got some good playmakers on defense that are, that are making plays from him, McCoy and uh, Levante David and uh, their new inside linebacker Quan Alexander is making some plays for them. Uh, they're really dedicated to running the football on the offensive side. They, they're, they, they'll use multiple tight end formations. They'll play with a fullback. Um, and then they're starting to throw some shots down the field with, uh, with Jameis. And then Evans, that wide receiver, is playing really well for them. Yeah, Mike Evans, that big body, the big catch radius. What kind of challenge is that for defenses? You know, I think it's a different, you know, he's, he's in the Des, Des Bryant category in terms of the size for a receiver. Uh, much like Dez or Julio Jones in terms of getting matched up with those guys, uh, has such a big catch radius. And then when it's a contested one-on-one -on -one ball, it's, it's a tough matchup because he is so big and he's so physical. You talked about their defense a bit. Is it one that is built on size, strength, or is it more of a speed kind of thing? It's built on speed. You know, Lovey is a Tampa 2 disciple. Um, you know, coached that defense under Coach Dungy when it, 
you know, really kind of started to, to catch in this league. It's a lot like Dallas's defense with Rod Marinelli. Um, very athletic and fast on the defensive line. One-gap penetrators. Um, speed at the linebacker spots. Guys that can run sideline to sideline. You know, Levante David is an all-pro linebacker. Uh, the young uh, rookie, Kwan Alexander, playing the Mike linebacker is another speed guy. So um, there's a lot of speed on the defensive front, and, and you're going to get a lot of movement. It's interesting how you create matchups. And on Sunday against Miami, it was Zach Gertz and Brent Selleck involved a lot in the passing game. You ask the tight ends to do a lot. Can you talk about all their responsibilities? Well, it's a, you know, really the most diverse position on the team because they're asked to block like an offensive lineman, but then run routes and catch like a wide receiver. So that you know that they they have a, a skill set in terms of being a receivers and being out in routes all the time. But they also have the mentality of an offensive lineman for what we do with those guys in the running game. So it takes real versatile players to do it, and we're real fortunate to have two really good ones in uh, Selleck and Ertz. It takes really tough guys to do it, too. Brent has been here for a long time. He caught a lot of passes early in his career. He's been asked to do a lot of blocking. How has he stayed at the top of his game? He's been great. He's just really a selfless leader in terms of whatever we ask him to do um, for the good of the team and, and what will help us to win football games. Uh, he could care less if he has zero catches and um, blocks well in the run game, then he's happy. Uh, he's all about just winning and, and, and uh, really the ultimate teammate. And it seems like uh, Zach is that way too, particularly blocking. And I wonder when you drafted Zach, do, do kids who come out of college, do they get a lot of time to hone their blocking skills? Well, I think Zach did. You know, he came from a, a really good football program in Stanford that's known for their tight ends, playing multiple tight ends and running the football. So, you know, what David Shaw does when, uh, with that whole team at Stanford, it really prepares, especially the tight ends, to play in the National Football League. Chip, you uh, got a lot from uh, Nelson Aguilar back from the injury on Sunday. Where is he in his development? Um, he's coming along. He obviously missed a couple games with the, with the, the ankle sprain. Um, you know, really had worked very hard at his rehab in terms of being able to get back. It was great to get him back out in the field, give us another weapon out wide. Um, contributed, but we, we expect even more of him out of this week because I think he'll be just a, a, a little bit more healthy than he was last week. The NFL is a long season, uh, highs and lows. How does the team respond after? How, what have you seen from the team? After they were great. We had a great day of training today. They know, uh, you know, every week is its own uh, unfolds in its own individual way. It's it's really its own season, so to speak. And uh, you know, they came back today. They you know they, they they understand what happened in a one point loss to to Miami. But the you know the, the big thing is you can't let Miami beat them twice. They came back out today, and their sole focus is on Tampa Bay. And, and they're to a man. They still hey, the goal is still there. With this football team, the goals that you set out at the beginning of the season. Yeah, well, our goal is very simple: is to win every game each week, and that's all we're really concerned with. And we have only one game this week to prepare for, and that's Tampa Bay, and that's what those guys are doing. Thank you very much, Coach. Good luck against Tampa Bay. Pair small fries with your favorite for two fifty on the break menu at McDonald's. Hi, my name is Jim Taylor. I've been with Acme for 34 years. Our Lancaster brand beef is the best around. We cut our meat fresh every day. We actually have customers come from other stores just for our meat. Freshness is our number one priority. No one beats our fresh fish. We have the freshest apple, the crispiest lettuce. Fresh produce is what we do. We do the best cake decorating in the area, hands down. 123 years strong. Come on in, you'll see the changes, you'll feel it, you'll love it. I sup to Philly. I sup to Philly. The bus. The trolley. The train. Jefferson Station. Airport line. 69th Street. Broad Street. To the game. Paoli. Sharon Hill. Chestnut Hill. Regional Rail. I sup to Philly. The Broad Street line on game days. A la bodega. To the movies. 
to my parkway. Spring Garden. Late night. West Philly. South Philly. North Philly! I've always kept very close tabs on every NFL team. What are you doing in there? That's why I got NFL Red Zone on Xfinity. Now I can see every touchdown from every game Sunday afternoons. We can still see you. Get NFL Red Zone from NFL Network. Click to learn more. Right now, Santander will pay you when you open and use a new Santander checking account. Now there's something to celebrate. Learn more at SantanderBank.com. It's Eagles 360, Dave Spadaro, Joe DeCamera. We're here every Monday through Friday at 5 o'clock on PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You know, one of the injuries that has been talked about a lot previously to this week but not discussed as much is Jason Peters, who looked like he would try, try to give it a go on Sunday against Miami. Did not. Not practicing on Wednesday. You hope he's back on the field on Thursday and in the lineup on Sunday without Jason Peters. Joe, this offensive line, a really good game in Dallas and a really not-so-good game against Miami. Yeah, it's kind of a strange one. It's a little bit of a conundrum, Dave, because I think in many ways it, it defied logic that the Eagles played their best um, offensive line football of the season in some of the games Jason Peters missed. Now, that's no knock against Jason Peters. I think the group came together when you go back two, three, four games ago. They really had progressed, and it was really to their, their credit. And I think Chip was doing things schematically that were helping them out and, and getting the quarterback out of the pocket more and all that sort of stuff. But they really had played better football. Last week, they took a big step back. Now, I will say, there, there's, there are moments when you've got to credit the opposition. And, Dave, this is one. And this isn't to let the Eagles off the hook. We'll get to it in a moment. But in Dominic and Sue played an absolute all-world game on Sunday. All right, I mean, he, look, the guy's a potential Hall of Famer. You know, he's got a shot. He played a Hall of Fame-type game, and he was an incredibly disruptive force. So you got to understand the context of that as far as the opponent. With that said, the offensive line did struggle, and there, it was more than just Sue. And there were plays, including, you know, the final play of the game where essentially Sam Bradford in no time and he'd throw it short to Jordan Matthews. No time. That's not, not Sam Bradford, Mark Sanchez. That's not Sanchez's fault. It's not Jordan Matthews' fault. There was no time. It was because, you know, Lyman got beat. So I think to address what you're talking about, Dave, getting Peters back, we've always known all along, getting Peters back is the objective, clearly. And putting him in there and having the rest of the line filter out and obviously having then that new group play together is clearly – what gives the Eagles the best chance to win. Yeah, so we will find out as the week goes along about Jason Peters and Connor Barwin as well on the defensive side. A lot of injury questions with the Eagles and every team in the NFL. Amoroso's on the menu segment. What's ahead for us on Eagles 360 on Thursday? Glenn Macnow in studio with me. We get his bold predictions, as outlandish and completely wrong as they may be. It's a lot of fun. We go behind enemy lines and talk to Jenna Lane from Sports Talk Florida. Merrill Reese also joins us in the studio. I'm sure it was a tough week for Merrill after that very difficult loss against the Miami Dolphins. And a lot more to, lot more to get to. Yeah, there's, look, there's a lot up ahead. There's still a great opportunity for the Eagles, as we know. It's a mediocre division. It's in the Eagles' hands. I mean, I think that's the one thing that's good. It's in the Eagles' hands. I know a lot of people right now are very frustrated. Look, here's the bottom line. In a couple of days, Eagles play the game. If they win the game, 5-5, five and five, tie for the division lead. You know, now you got a shot, six-game sprint to the end. If you lose, you're not out of it. You're a game behind with six to go. You're still in it. Well, but it's bad. It's yeah. bad business. Uh, be you know, especially knowing New England's coming up. This, that, is, not, this is mathematically not a must-win game, but it is a really have-to-have game. It is, and I think in a lot of ways it, it's also about – because if you lose back-to-back to Miami and Tampa Bay, who, look, they're not, they're not going to finish 2-14. and 14. They're not going to finish 
five and eleven, but they're not quality football teams. At some point, in order to have a, a viable shot to do something, you have to be able to take care of the teams that just aren't really that good. Yep. And that is one of them coming into town on Sunday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a young, developing team playing with a lot of confidence. We'll see how the Eagles fare. We thank you for joining us here on Eagles 360 today. For Joe DeCamera, I'm Dave Spadaro. We uh, tell you, hey, have a great Eagles day, everybody, okay? We got two games coming up in the next eight days. Enjoy the ride. Have a great night, everyone.